0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Hey there, Mackie and Judd with Romy listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey, you can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you, I promise. Mackie and Judd with Rami. A buffet of butt sweat. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami.
2: Well, when you play in the division, it's obviously very important, and then when you go on the road, uh, you'd love to be able to steal one, so... Those reasons right there are enough, but uh, the old cliche they all count one is true, and uh, you know, we're trying to get them any way we can. So, a road division game would certainly be a great way to to get one win. Football, football, football,
3: yeah, football, football,
1: yes. Ross and I were talking, promotions, Ross down the hallway. This is the
4: perfect. Fall football day today. You really guys is. feel it in it's the air. It's a nice fall day. It's like yeah. 58. There is a sun in the sky. That's still a thing. What's that I thing? wasn't, I wasn't sure, that sure if that again? was still a thing. The large orange ball in the sky. Oh, That's the sun. I was John. wondering about that all That's day. That's our long. source of
1: light and heat. Man. Honestly, like people talk about, um, you know, 75 degrees, 80 degrees, and sunny is
4: no, the perfect this is day it right here. Man. This is the perfect this is day. is it. 60ish, like 58, 60, F- 58, and mm-hmm. sunny. Oh. Yes,
3: and actually. Actually, if the Twins game, uh if they had advanced to the ALCS against Houston, and yesterday's game was postponed, it would be played on this glorious day outside, and yeah. we'd be so excited for it. It'd
1: be amazing too, and I'm I'm so There'd
4: grateful. Be no that, need for a roof.
3: No, well, who would no. want to? Who would want to put a roof on the day God no. gave us? And would I mean, so how about grateful. A roof that
4: retracts no. so that you no. can no. still have? No. These
1: crystal clear skies and no, sun. No, I mean, I need to see skyline. It's man. A thing. I don't need an you, air, I don't
4: need I don't need any of you that. You can stuff. see skyline. No, and you can't. And by the way, I no. walk my dog every weekend and see the skyline for free. Yeah. For free. I don't pay for a ticket. I don't drive downtown. Yeah, but you don't I just but walk you're not my holding, dog.
1: You're not holding the boomstick in your lap while looking at the skyline. I mean no. I
4: could. I could make a <laughs> boomstick <laughs> or and take that with the me. Boomstick. Have a little
3: picnic. Lemon spilled on your head.
1: Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, at least I got a beer out of it though. So, you know. Yeah, because you turned around and intimidated the poor yeah. guy. <laughs> I did. I, I grabbed his throat, actually. Did I leave that part out? Yeah, you did, actually. Okay. I yeah. stabbed him just a little bit.
3: <laughs> yeah. When's the trial? Just
1: a little bit. <laughs> so, anyhow, hey, Carson Palmer was on Purple Daily today. Alex Boone and Matthew Collar talking to a long time and also a guy who has, uh, has had a couple really interesting stops in his career and a couple different phases, but. Let's play a couple of clips from. Let's let it, Carson Palmer had some stories to tell. He also talked about Kirk Cousins and also why quarterbacking is so hard in the NFL today. So I just want to kind of go through. We've got some sound bites that Jonathan cut up from the show. And if you missed it, it's awesome. If you're not listening to Alex Boone on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Matthew Collar, you should be. It's great stuff. Purple Daily, two to four o'clock, and also anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth app. But uh this is Carson talking about guys like Kirk Cousins when people are criticizing you and you have a big contract and the walls are caving in and there's noise how should you
5: handle that Well it's, it's one of those things that you hear guys say all the time that they don't they don't hear it it's just it's impossible not to hear it right I mean it's it's everywhere especially during the football season with all the different media outlets you, you can't be completely unaffected by it so there, there's a little bit um, there's there's a little bit of an effect it can have on you if you're good at blocking it out if you're not good at blocking it out, then you just don't make it and, and you don't play as long as Kirk Cousins has, has been playing. So he's obviously, um, you know, he's done a good job of not listening to all that noise and just trying to focus on his job. But the guys that, that can't take the criticism or it affects them too much just don't end up making it very long.
1: Do you, do you, do you agree with Carson Palmer? Do you, when you think of Kirk Cousins,
4: do you think of a guy who's just great at blocking out the noise? No. Not at all. Not really. I don't know him that well, but no, he doesn't seem like that type of dude. He talks too too much about
3: the fact that he's oblivious to it for it to be real. Like, if you are, then you don't. Then you're just like, whatever. A guy who didn't care. I'm not, I'm not
1: thinking about that gal that, that, that I yeah.
3: texted with no response got, back. I'm not thinking about her at all. Yeah, I got dumped. Go I got dumped, but you know what? I'm yeah, fine. Never I'm think just about fine. It at all. A lot <laughs> of fish in that sea. I'm just going to be absolutely yeah. fine. I'm yeah. going to yeah. move on day by day. I don't constantly
1: smell um, her pillow at all.
3: Okay, now you crossed the threshold here. Very specific turn. You went a little too far. If you'd like to talk about yourself, now we'll back off of the mics. I'm still
1: happily engaged. i still happily engaged. Good. Happy for you.
3: No, I don't. And a guy who I thought um, did... I thought for, for, despite the fact he was certainly not what we would consider a great quarterback, I thought Case Keenum was sort of a poster child of a guy who didn't care. Like, nothing affected him. Zimmer would rip him he'd be like, okay, whatever. He didn't respond to it. He literally, he had been through so much that it just bounced off Case. With Kirk, I feel he, he absorbs. You don't walk by a media member after a win in Washington and say, you like that. You like that, unless you're acutely aware of what those people no. have been saying about you.
1: No, I, w- I will. Add, so I, I mostly agree. I think I think he definitely hears stuff. I think he was lying when he said, I mean, you guys uh, trying to write stories about me using that comment about... Uh, Zach Brown. Zach Brown. Like, I didn't even know it existed. Like, no, man, it was probably taped to your mirror. Yeah. But I don't always think that's a bad thing. I mean, Tom Brady has been living for 20 years off of not being drafted in the first, whatever, 150 picks. Michael Jordan would look for stuff.
4: Like, Jeff Van Gundy criticized Michael Jordan for going out and drinking and gambling the night before a playoff game, and he used that as motivation to and go out. He doesn't do
5: that? <laughs> I mean, come on!
4: <laughs> he did. He went to Atlantic City, he to, <laughs> to a casino. He's caught out gambling and drinking late at night. Jeff Van Gundy said something about that being unprofessional or something like that, which is, like, totally harmless and meaningless. And Michael Jordan said, oh, you don't think I'm professional? Let me show you how professional yeah. I am. And dropped, like, 50 on him. Like A lot of guys do that. A lot of guys use that as, they'll look for anything for motivation. Any sort of doubt, anything. Yeah.
1: Alex Bregman where. The number two, you guys know why Alex Bregman wears the number two. Alex Bregman has become the best player in Second baseball. You could argue. He was the number two pick.
4: Yeah. Oh, I thought he was the, something different
1: in the 2015 draft. <laughs> he was
3: called a really not nice term.
1: A piece of yeah. number two is.
4: That
1: <laughs> I'm number one. I'm not so bad. But so I think it's. I don't think it's as much about do you hear the noise and do you internalize things and do you take things personally. I think. I think. You're not a human if you just completely block everything. Although Joe Maurer, I think, did a pretty good job of literally blocking everything out. And he was one of the rare guys that just like would, he would, he would smile and say hi to people in the clubhouse that would be ripping him and they would have no idea.
4: That's true. It was weird.
1: But it's about how do you soak it in and then how do you react to it? And, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think the last two weeks has done a good job. If, if he heard noise after that Chicago game and the last two games were his reaction and response to that noise, then I have to praise Kirk Cousins.
3: Do I think Kirk Cousins has thick skin? The answer for me is no, I don't. Do I think there's times he can succeed? Absolutely. I think he's got talent. But I, I also think that he is he is an, an athlete who definitely hears things. There's times when coached up, he plays well. But there are going to, to be times, again, where it gets to be too much. And, and I do think that in Kirk's mind... Mm. More importantly than what's said or written about Kirk is, does Kirk get off to a good start on Sunday? Because if Kirk does, it starts to flow, right? It starts to go well. If Kirk doesn't, it sort of disintegrates.
5: Uh,
1: this is more Carson Palmer from Purple Daily a couple hours ago.
5: Well, you open yourself up to that. I mean, when you do call out guys or talk about the refs or um, have excuses or start getting in conversations with, you know, Colin Coward's one of the biggest names in, in the radio world and, and – once you start those kind of feuds and those Twitter battles, you're opening yourself up to more criticism. So, um, you know, again, it's 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 the landscape of the NFL. Everybody's criticized and given too much too much respect and too much love when they win. But once you start once you start talking trash back and forth, the guys that sit in front of a microphone all day and have thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. Once you start that game, it's, it's tough to get back from that. I mean, the only thing you can do to get out of that hole is just win every single game from there on out. That
1: was uh, on the comments on Baker Mayfield getting into feuds with Rex Ryan and with Colin Cowherd and other media members. So my question off that is, you know, compare playing quarterback in today's age versus 15, 20, 30 years. I mean, even like 12 or 13 years ago. Aaron, well, Aaron Rodgers was 15 years ago drafted, so that's not that long ago. He got the luxury as a first round pick. That long, yeah, two thousand five, right? Two thousand five draft. Yeah, he got to Old sit for stuff. three years and and soak things in. Even though Brett Favre wasn't really Mister, uh, do I think I'm Mister Teacher? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But I would think it's it's such a hard position to play, and there's so much pressure early, like in your first five games or ten games, to look like a star. Or maybe it's on to the next. I mean, Josh Rosen's a great example of, ah, well, he just wasn't that great in his first half hour, so on to the next, right? Um, It's just really, really hard to play quarterback and to have all of the eyes and all of the
4: critics both outside with media and inside the organization than ever before. And also, it's, it's hard sometimes not to react to that stuff. Baker Mayfield was on Colin Cowherd's show, and Colin Cowherd rehashed one of his Baker Mayfield takes to Baker Mayfield's face, which I respect Colin Cowherd for doing that. A lot of hosts wouldn't do that. They'd have a take about a guy and then the guy would get in the studio and that wouldn't be brought up at all and they're chummy chummy happy happy. And Baker Mayfield answered the question and contradicted Colin Cowherd yeah. and honestly kind of made Cowherd look like a jackass in the moment and the thing went viral. Like what is should Baker Mayfield just avoid the media or should he should he give the answer that Cowherd wants to hear when he's sitting in that studio? Cuz you could just You could just put a gag order out. Like, I'm just not going to talk to you guys other than my obligations. Baker Mayfield was doing an interview.
3: In season, avoid at all costs. There's no reason. Now, if I believe that he talked to Coward, that was like June of one year, right? May or June or something. Okay, if you want to go spar, then that's fine. But when Rex Ryan gets on a pregame show and rips you, don't give a damn. You can't care about it. It's in season. If I played sports in season, I don't tweet. I don't. Care what people. I I am doing. It's not that you don't know what people say, but just try your best not to try and be like Rex Ryan said this, and I'm going to react to it. It does you no good. It helps him. It makes him bigger because it, it seems like you are validating what he's saying, right? And how does that help help you? It doesn't. So if you want to go in the springtime and spar with people, I don't give a damn. That's fine, but. Once my season starts, I ain't doing any
1: of that stuff. Yeah, I think also you just don't have any leverage. You know, you're, Baker Mayfield has only been in the league for two hours, basically, and it's on him to pour <laughs> every single second of mental and physical energy into becoming a viable starting quarterback in the NFL, which he is not yet, by the way. I'm not saying that he can't be at some point, but see how many interceptions that guy has thrown this year? Not all of those are tipped, okay? He's, that that guy likes to point out that like eight are okay. He's saying eight are tipped, <laughs> but you know there's okay, and even even then, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the best quarterbacks in the NFL, don't just have super unlucky seasons in which they have 14 tipped interceptions. Right? right, he's making bad decisions, and so if you're making bad decisions on the field and you're also getting in fights with people off the field and in the media, it's just it's a bad, bad look, and I think it takes away from your best chance to. To be a good starting quarterback. Uh, this is one more soundbite here from Carson Palmer, who was on Purple Daily today with Matthew Collar and Alex Boone. Kirk Cousins, statistically, when it comes to play action, as you can read about at scorenorth.com, has been incredible this season. This is Carson Palmer on that.
5: One of the things Kirk does, uh, really as good as, as any any quarterback in the league, is his play action game is really, really good. When he can go through a long play action, take a big seven-step drop, and and hit the ball that, that he hit to, to uh, Stefan Diggs last week. Um, when he has a chance to step into throws, especially in the play-action game, he does a really, really good job. I think one of the things that's, that's been hard for him is when he can't step into throws, whether it's a five-step drop, a three-step drop, or a long seven-step drop. When he has to sh- shuffle his feet and move in the pocket and can't get everything on the ball that he wants to get because he can't really step into the throw and transfer his weight and transfer his energy, and, and create velocity on the football. I think that's where he struggled. Yeah, that that was very football-y, and
1: I love it there. That was awesome,
4: super footbally.
1: Yeah, but it's it, but it comes back to
3: coaching, right? If Cousins is if, if it's dictated to Kirk, we want you to drop back and throw balls out. He's much better. But guys Play have to action. be open too. He's much better. Yeah, but quick throws are quick throws. They they if it's a five yard pass to Cook. I can get probably almost certainly the majority of time get him the ball in that uh situation. But I'm thinking of if he drops back to pass, like if you drop him back into a pocket with this O-line, you're asking for trouble. Now that do, that does not mean that you can't do it, but I think the key to Sunday was this. I think they all they devised and went into that game with a really good plan to make Kirk or allow Kirk, I should say, to succeed. And I think in Week 2, Green Bay, Packers did some things that they probably didn't expect, and they freaked out. And they're like, okay, but we just have to do this. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, Dalvin Cook's good. But from a starting point of how do we effectively throw the the ball? And the one unfair thing, and I wish it was different, but it's not, is when it comes to Kirk, I don't think that you can go to to Kirk and say, they're doing different things, and we need you to figure things out. I think you've got, got to go to Kirk and say, Kirk they're doing different things we're going to change things we figured but it we'll, out but we figured it out and'll yeah. we'll t- no seriously' <laughs> right. and, we'll, and we'll tell you what you have to do to have the best game possible for you Kirk in this game
1: I don't think it's a hot take to say that the version of the Vikings that we've seen the last couple of weeks is a Super Bowl caliber version of this team
4: mmm. They weren't facing good enough competition for me to say that. Yeah, but they, but look what they did to the competition. I got,
1: I got to see
3: them smoked. I got to see them do this against a better defense. And I'm not and but they're on the right track. In week two, I felt, I felt, and Chicago, I felt coaching wise. So for one second, forget Kirk. Week two and four, <laughs> I felt that coaching wise, offensively, they were not on that track or even close to it, and probably, probably not on a playoff track in those two games to well, me.
1: And let me just clarify that there's. Not every team can do what the Vikings did to Philadelphia. And not every team can. I know the Giants aren't a great team, but the Vikings went in and just destroyed a team on the road the week before last. I'm just saying, at their peak, and I think we can all agree that that game against the Eagles, that was that was the peak performance of the Vikings this season. They just they steamrolled a team that's going to be in the mix to win 9 or 10 games and, and maybe even win that division. And if they do that, I'm not saying they do it every week from this point out, but if they can bottle that for a month at the right time, it's a Super Bowl caliber blueprint that we watched the last two weeks. I'm shooting I don't for think pl- that's I don't think that's a spicy hot take. I'm shooting for playoff right now.
3: Oh, I mean, I playoff caliber. Yeah. I can't go much above that right now. But 'cause I've got to see it a lot more.
1: But if if but the but the ingredients that we saw were clean pocket Kirk Cousins comfortable. That's the most important thing. If he's comfortable, clean pocket, you see what he can do down the field. Mm-hmm. You see what they can do in play well, action. Yeah, I'm
4: just not, I know what Kirk Cousins can do with a clean pocket. I'm not sold that the offensive line can consistently give him a clean pocket in a close game against a good defense. Because one thing that happened in that game that's happened in every Vikings win so far, and this would help any NFL team, but I think it's especially true with the Vikings because of their makeup. They got up big early and the other team had to con, continue to worry about the run. That opened up things in the passing game. You saw the, the the safety. Now they went single high safety, which I don't know why you do that when you have two terrible corners, but you saw the safety bite on the play action on on the fifty the yard touch the fifty yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs, yeah. the second touchdown of the day. I want to see them going against a good pass rush that is actually rushing the quarterback that has their ears pinned back and is going after the quarterback Honestly, the offensive line was more of a question to me than Kirk Cousins when the season started. I know what Kirk Cousins is. He's a, li- at, at best, he's a little bit better than what you got out of him last year. And to get that, you need a good offensive line. And we, that's what we don't know. But that, we you, don't even know if this offensive line can perform at a high level when the pressure's on.
3: Can you adjust things? If things go wrong, can you adjust them suddenly and significantly? to to morph them to a place not where Kirk is great, but Kirk is is good enough, and the offense is, too, to succeed. That's my question. In Chicago, the Thielen pass, you can't bail after that. You need to do that at least three more times. Like, it misses, you're just like, okay, too bad. But we need to... And I'm not saying that all of a sudden you got guys uh going deep constantly, but you need to do it two or three more times th- throughout the course of that, that game, and it was if... It didn't work, and they sort of went, oh, my God, it didn't work. I mean, Chicago's a good defense. They should have escaped that game with a really ugly 17-16 win.
1: You know, to your point there, and you said you can't go deep every time, and obviously, like, in order for those deep shots to be effective, there has to be some sort of reason for the defense to be focused up front, right? Whether it's play action. Correct. Like, you can't just you can't just drop back 70. Th- All right, we're going to drop back, although the Vikings did that in 98 a couple times. Or well, we're just going to drop back 50 times and throw the ball to Randy Moss every time and yes. Jake Reed. Uh, but the Vikings so far this season defensively, it, I mean it's it's 16 points, it's 20 points. They're not allowing a lot of points. So if you start to think about it, take a bunch of deep shots in a game, and I don't know what's a bunch. Take eight, ten deep shots in a game. Can you get two touchdowns or set yourself up two or three times in a game? The when your defense is holding teams to 16 points to to 19 points. You can you can get away with being patient in that regard like Judd saying and I will just back to the offensive line thing for a second something that's really worth keeping an eye on Garrett Bradbury was so bad in the first two games in yes. pass protection he was yeah. so bad he's been a lot better lately agreed so if, if if we're talking about a guy who was drafted as a franchise center high draft pick an 8 to 10 year guy that's the the vision and the plan for Garrett Bradbury I think it's to to put stock into his Growth curve. I mean, he's going. He's trending in the right direction. I'm not saying
4: the offensive line can't get to the place I'm talking about. I'm just saying I'm not convinced they're there yet. They should get better as the season goes on. The whole offense should get better as the season goes on. It's a new offense that everybody is learning. Even Kirk Cousins, who everybody thought this system was brought in to make him comfortable because he's played in it before, he said in training camp, no, this is kind of a new system to me, too. I'm learning it along with everybody else. Learning the system and the progression of the offensive line this offense as a whole should get better as the season moves on. I think by like week 10, week 11, they may be clicking on all cylinders. And then ask me if I think they can win a Super Bowl. Right now, there isn't enough of a sample size. And in the sample size there is, I haven't been impressed enough to say that this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. But now. you
3: don't you don't need great. I, I think if you can get 20 points per game, you're going to be in decent shape. Yeah,
4: They're allowing
1: 15 points For, per
4: game right defense now. Defense is still great.
1: By the way, the, the Patriots, just don't talk about it enough the Patriots right now, and again, like the Patriots, their division's ridiculous. But the Patriots are allowing eight points a game defensively right now. That's too many. And if you take into account sack yardage, yeah. one point five net yards per pass attempt, one point five yards per pass attempt when you account for sack yardage. Their schedule's Man. been just great. Yeah, they. I think they played Auburn a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's, Auburn? Are you kidding? They might have
3: a chance compared to some of the bottom <laughs> feeders they've been playing. That's <laughs> probably a good point. <laughs>
1: So, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. Uh, We've we've been playing clips from Carson Palmer. If you missed him on Purple Daily, definitely worth checking that out. On-demand, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. Just uh, go find Purple Daily. When we come back, let's keep the Vikings conversation going. Sage football wisdom. Sage Rosenfels, our favorite journeyman quarterback. When we come back, plus later in the hour, Andrew Wiggins with an interesting comment. Judd just puked. We'll talk about that, too. But, uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been helping business owners based in Minnesota, by the way, Owatonna based company, going back to the early 1900s. And, you know, the, uh, the Gophers are six and oh, here's a tie in for you. If you're a business owner and maybe you went to school at Carlson or you went, uh, you know, for whatever your degree was at the University of Minnesota, um, they are a huge, huge proud sponsor of U of M athletics and also turnovers. For kids, for every forced turnover by the Gophers defense this season, Federated Insurance donates $1,000 to big brothers, big sisters. So they're helping business owners. They're helping in the community. They're raising millions of dollars on a regular basis. And, again, they're giving peace of mind to business owners just like you out there. Go to the website, federatedinsurance.com, where you can find a couple things. You can find your Federated Marketing Representative, and you can find a full list of all the industries Federated protects. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app, which is free to download, by the way. Totally free. uh, Anywhere you can find uh, apps. And uh, every Thursday at this time, we welcome in our football-loving journeyman quarterback friend, Sage Rosenfels, for some sage football wisdom. And, Sage... I think we've come a long way in the last three weeks since the Vikings' embarrassment in Chicago. What did what did you learn about the Vikings in these last two weeks, culminating with that uh, blowout win over Philadelphia?
6: Well, in particular, that Philadelphia game. I mean, I, I, mean, I really look at this game as a I mean, not not a playoff game, but you know, a game that would uh, have some big implications in the playoffs. Uh, you know, down the line, you know, ten weeks from now, uh, even though it's early in the season, just because you know the Eagles are going to be one of those teams, I believe, that's uh, you know, eight to ten win ball club. Uh, they're going to be in the mix, and so it wasn't just a, a victory for the Vikings, but to to defeat another team uh, that has a good chance of making the playoffs as well is almost like two wins, and so that was huge. I, I, I think we we saw the sort of the best of the Vikings on Sunday. That's about as good as Kirk Cousins will play. The offensive line was fantastic, both in run in the running game. Uh, and in pass protection, and obviously the defense was outstanding. And so if they play like that, this is sort of the the vision of Spielman, the vision of Mike Zimmer uh, when the Vikings are at their best. If they can play like that, they will be uh, somebody that will be really tough to beat when it comes playoff time. So,
3: Sage, what things did you see in that game in particular that can be kept up too? Because the game plan was, I thought, great. Obviously, the quarterback played on the, in that game, great. But what things did you see now that are are transferable, especially on offense, uh, to other games against good defenses?
6: Well, interesting enough, you know that team was averaging uh, giving up only sixty three yards rushing going into the game, and the Vikings ran for about one hundred and twenty, so they pretty much doubled. Uh, what the Eagles have been giving up uh, so far this year. Now, it's interesting as they play the Lions this week, the Lions are giving up about 130, 140 yards a game on the ground. So, I mean, it looks like the Vikings should be able to run, you know, wild on this team. But I got to think the Lions uh, and future teams are going to say, you know, we're not going to lose by Dalvin Cook, who, by the way, is leading the NFL at six yards per touch, whether it's a catch uh, or a rush. He is leading the NFL right now. So I got to think teams are going to say, if if we're gonna to lose to the Vikings, it's because Kirk Cousins, you know, somehow beats us. And and if that's, you know, Kirk and and Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, they got to be extremely happy. I mean, the Vikings saw a ton of great coverages last week for throwing the football and and the offense. And, and with that offensive line, they took advantage of that. So, uh, you know, that is uh, that is to me sort of the like what other teams will try to do. The Vikings is stop the run first, force them to throw the football, uh, and and then you know, obviously, the Vikings have to have Thielen and. And, and dig come through. And in particular, that offensive line. What I loved about Kevin Stefanski last week is, you know, I went, I went and watched that game a couple times, went back through it and just sort of each pass was, you know, describe each pass. What type of pass is it? You you have your quick game, your three step, your, your sort of one step, get the ball right, right to the wide receiver. You got your play action with the tight ends staying in. You have your bootlegs, your actual just regular five and seven step straight drop back passes. Um, and your screens, you know, your multiple different types of passes. What I loved about that game plan is that Kirk threw twenty-nine passes, nine of them were drop back. All right, they had he had about eight uh, quick games, he had six or seven play actions, he had about six bootlegs, and they threw three screens. I mean, that is a nice mix uh, to keep the defense off, off guard, and and, and, and off balance. And uh, you know, when, when, you, when you when you just straight drop back, you know, twenty or twenty-five times in a football game. That is extremely tough on an offensive line. I love how they mixed it up uh, offensively and and with Kevin Zepengiski this this past week. Did
4: you think the Vikings were going to let this one slip away when the Eagles threw up 14 unanswered and all of a sudden it was a a one-touchdown game? And how impressed were you that they took those shots from a good football team, snatched the momentum back, and and closed them out?
6: Well, a good team and a great quarterback. I'm a big believer in Carson Wentz. I think he's fantastic, and, and he did not look... Uh, like like the Pro Bowl quarterback that he is on Sunday, so that's obviously really good news. Listen, the Vikings' defense is phenomenal, and they're not going to be great all year, but they are really good. They have they have fantastic players at all three levels at at safety, uh, at uh, at linebacker. You know, Kendricks I think is playing absolutely fantastic, and the D line is playing as good as they've played in a couple years. I think Everson Griffin uh, is maybe having one of the best years of his career. You're seeing some serious push. Against that left tackle, you're seeing quickness. You're seeing uh, jump the snap. So you know the defense is playing extremely well. The question is, can the offense stay consistent? You know, can they run the football and also beat them in the passing game? And and we saw sort of the full package on Sunday. We saw the potential of this football team on Sunday. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how that uh, unfolds as the season progresses.
1: Sage football wisdom here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. By the way, you can hear Sage Rosenfels every Monday and Wednesday on Purple Daily. At two o'clock, live or anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Score North app. So I think it's fair to say that we've been hard on Kirk Cousins so far this year, and and culminating with that Chicago game a couple weeks ago, and Kirk has bounced back and played extraordinarily well against the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. But but since we've been so hard on Kirk Cousins, and by the way, I think we've been we've been fairly hard on on Kirk Cousins. It, it hasn't been unfair criticism. What is the most positive and nicest thing you can say about Kirk Cousins' game, Sage Rosenfels?
6: Um. Well, he's extremely accurate. At least, at least he was the other day. You know what? What I loved uh, about that game, and, and he's still the first. The first deep ball he threw in that football game was he had a wide open Stephon Diggs on a post route, and Stephon had about two steps on the corner, and he overthrew him. Uh, and we saw that in the Bears game. Early on, he overthrew Adam Thielen and, and sort of set the tone for the rest of the game. I loved how Kirk fought back and that he hitting those deep balls and it was extremely accurate on him. And they ended up being big scores in the football game. So I, uh, I I think it's great that we're seeing some resiliency out of him. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's never been on a team that is this good, that has this many good players around him. And I, I love the fact that we saw some resiliency there uh, and we saw that sort of, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, sort of going to the depths of his guts uh, and trying to come back after he knew he had some bad games early in the season. That uh, this team needs him, and he has responded very well the last two weeks. Okay, Sage, you're a very smart guy, so help me out. How do we begin to
3: even with an semblance? fix officiating right now because what we saw in that Lions-Packers game was a joke, and if that was a one-off, one-game thing, I'd be like, you know, that's too bad, but there's a lot of games and blah, 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 but the last week, Sage, um, Chiefs-Texans, Packers-Lions, Seahawks-Browns, and we can go through every week three or four games that that are adversely impacted by the one thing that almost should never happen, and that's officiating.
6: Well, you you know we should blame for all of this the strength and conditioning coaches for, of all of high school, college, and the pros because these guys have gotten so big and so fast that I just don't think the the human eye and the human brain can can keep up with how quick this game is going. So that's who to blame for this whole thing. It's not the officials. It's not their fault. I tell you what, this you know I, I've been around a lot of you know team doctors and people that are on the sidelines for games and they'll tell you that you just don't realize how incredibly fast this game is until you're actually down the field. And I'm blown away about how well the officials actually do, uh, that, they don't, that they don't miss that many calls. But when, when they do, uh, they can have a huge impact on the game. And It's a shame. I'm not sure if we just sort of go to the, you know, the cloud thing where, where we replay everything. That seems to be, uh, you know, that would be too ridiculous. We'd be stopping the game all the time. No one would like that. Um, I don't know what to do about it. It's you don't want, to, of course, you don't want officials really being a part of the game. You hope to go through an entire football game and almost notice, not even notice that they're there. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're going to make some mistakes, and you just hope that they make those mistakes more in the first quarter and less in the fourth quarter
4: i've been advocating since since this whole thing has has come up for the eye in the sky idea sage and not stopping the game in between every play to review it but when things are egregious and immediately correctable like we saw monday night with those two hands to the hands to the face calls a referee can just buzz down to the to the to the field official and say yeah you missed that one referee turns on his mic he says there was no hands to the face on the call penalty is overturned fourth down like i think it could be that easy and it, you don't have to over complicate it and like you said humans can't keep up with this so let's use the technology to get as few mistakes as possible and being as accurate as referees can be
6: yeah I, i'm okay with that it has to be a swift process something that doesn't take more than you know 20 or 30 seconds i'd like to think and with how many cameras now are nfl games uh, you know, they see pretty much everything and you like to think that, yeah, somebody, the eye in the sky, whatever it might be an extra official upstairs that's seen all these replays would have that sort of executive power to override every, anything that's on the field and, and make that decision right there and then. Uh, and they could buzz down to, to the main official, but you know, that, that, that would not even be a perfect process. Nothing is perfect. At the end of the day, it's a game, uh, that is, uh, played by humans. As officials by humans, coached by humans, and and we're all very fallible. So you know, players fumble and throw interceptions, and, fi- and officials basically fumble and throw interceptions in the web as well. And I, I be honest, with you, I'm not sure exactly how it's uh, how it's solved, and and I don't think it'll ever be solved. It's just a part of the game.
1: By the way, the fact that you think Daniil Hunter is a human is amazing, because I think <laughs> I think he's a
6: machine. By the way, Daniel Hunter
1: has the most sacks <laughs> of any player under the age of 25 in NFL history. Digest that for a second.
6: He is the Terminator. I was down in that, that Bears locker room after the game, and, and I, you know, he was walking by, and, and uh, it didn't it didn't take me very long to figure out who it was. I didn't have to go like, well, is that so and so player that I've never seen before? Is that so and so? That was Daniel Hunter. He jumps out on the, on the television set at, at you. Uh, you know, they're not. I played with Jason Taylor, who sort of had his build in the sense of his body type. But Neil Hunter's arms are twice as wide; they're twice as you know strong. So, uh, yeah, he is a freak of nature. And uh, until people, again, until people are actually on the field for a football game or or have a chance to go into a locker room and interview players, you just don't realize how big these guys are. You know, when I played, I was six four and a half, uh, about two twenty five to two thirty, and I always thought I was the scrawny, skinny guy, you know, out there uh, about to get pummeled all the time. And not really realizing I'm actually a pretty big guy. So. Uh, it's because I was around guys like Daniel Hunter or Linval Joseph, who are just you know mountains of men, and and uh, uh, it's, it's just amazing how big these NFL players okay. are. does that ever? And I know
1: that now it's 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 probably easier to be comfortable as a quarterback now because you you don't have to worry as much about headhunters and the rules protect quarterbacks now. But I mean, when you're standing back in a pocket and there are 275 pound dudes who run four six forties trying to essentially you know, remove you from your family. And and half of them are on your blind
4: side. You don't even see them coming. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, how much do you think about that as a quarterback when you're dropping back and also trying to scan to where you're supposed to throw the ball?
6: Um, Well, you you, you go to, that's what you do all like the seven on seven type stuff is that you hope uh, and you have to sort of trust that those guys are going to get the job done, the guys up in front of the offensive line. And and, uh, you just hope that uh, you can't worry about it. And, and, you know, some people have great steel, you know, the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers. They just have such unbelievable feel in the pocket. You know, I had a college quarterback coach who once taught me, you know, playing quarterback, being in that pocket, is like walking across a major interstate uh, at, at rush hour. You know, five lanes here, then five lanes on the other side. And, and you have a couple people who are out and around you trying to stop traffic so no one hits you. But you just have to sort of walk across, keep your eye on the target uh, on the other side of the interstate, and just hope and pray that, that nobody uh, – None of those cars hit you, and that was always the best analogy that I could come up with. You have to trust that those that those big guys up front are going to stop traffic for you and uh, that you can get across safely. Come on, Sage. From the press box, it looks so simple.
3: Yeah, it looks so simple. You got so much time. I mean, the play develops. You can see the whole thing, right? Yeah, get
6: rid of the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's the amazing thing. Is of course, you know, when you watch games, TV just does not do the game justice. It doesn't do hockey justice either. You know, real life uh, watching the game is, is, is so much better, and uh, it, it's amazing as a quarterback you stand amongst these four, five, six guys trying to kill you, but you're, you're not even trying to pay attention to them. You're trying to look downfield, read the coverages, and, and find the open receiver. Uh, I always look at it as the, you know, the football in my hands is like a hot potato. Who wants this thing? Who wants that? <laughs> so we're not get to the ball because we're not going to get anywhere closer to the goal line uh, the longer that ball is in my hands. And I tell you what, we saw a little bit of, uh, with Kirk Cousins um, on uh, on Sunday, we, he was getting the ball out quick, and I, I think that offensive line uh, was probably very appreciative of that. And uh, and they did a great job protecting him, only giving up one sack uh, in his twenty nine attempts.
1: Right on, Sage Rosenfels, That's Sage football wisdom here on Mackie and Jeb with Rhyming again. You can find Sage every Monday and Wednesday on Purple Daily with Matthew Collar, two o'clock live, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. So, all right, we'll talk again next week, Sage.
6: All right, guys, sounds great. All right, before we
1: come back and talk about some brash comments from Andrew Wiggins. Minnesota United opens up the MLS Cup playoffs this Sunday at Allianz Field against the LA Galaxy, and Score North is looking to send you to a game. We want to send you to that playoff game. Here's how you can enter. Just have the Score North app, download it for free in the Google Play or Apple stores, be registered, and then enter through Listener Rewards for your chance to win a pair of tickets to this Sunday's first ever playoff game at Allianz Field. You can also hear that game right here on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North app with pregame beginning at 7 o'clock. Uh, let's come back and uh, hear from Andrew Wiggins, or at least read some quotes that are interesting. Mackie and Jeb with Robin
0: Jonathan here with this hour. Score North download. Score North has already run contests for up to $50,000 in cash, and we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards, to local restaurants, and much, much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North app available for free in the Apple or Google Play stores. And if you missed it somehow earlier today... Carson Palmer joined Purple Daily and discussed, among other things, how Kirk Cousins blocks out the noise.
5: Well, it's, it's one of those things that you hear guys say all the time that they don't they don't hear it. It's just it's impossible not to hear it, right? I mean, it's it's everywhere, especially during the football season with all the different media outlets. You, you can't be completely unaffected by it. So there's there's a little bit um, there's there's a little bit of an effect it can have on you if you're good at blocking it out. If you're not good at blocking it out. Then you just don't make it and, and you don't play as long as Kirk Cousins has, has been playing. So he's obviously um, you know, he's done a good job of not listening to all that noise and just trying to focus on his job. But the guys that, that can't take the criticism or it affects them too much just don't end up making it very long.
0: That whole interview available on the Purple Daily feed over at anywhere you find your podcast. That's been your score on download now back to Mackey and Jonathan Rami.
1: All right, thank you, Jonathan. All right, Jed, you got the quotes in front of you, right? Yeah, I got them. My guy. My guy Andrew. Yeah, wow. This is a,
4: guy That yeah. happened fast. This
3: transformation yeah. that's happened between you and Wiggy. It's
4: amazing.
1: I'm just saying, Andrew Wiggins, did only he one a, place to go this season. Did he slip up, a hundred under the table when
4: you went to a uh, media day for that interview?
1: Oh, I I, I need more than a hundred to flip my Andrew Wiggins stance. <laughs> that guy's got as much money as he has, and you're going to say all he has to do is
0: slip you a hundred? Listen, Come I've on. had four years, build up, yeah, right? four years of build-up. Four
1: years of build-up being critical of Andrew Wiggins, and you think a $100 bill is going to sway me,
3: huh? Your transformation on him is really remarkable. Yeah, it's probably going to take but
1: more for you to give up all your credibility. It was 200 okay.
3: <laughs> no, I... Two hundred thousand dollars is my guess. That's what it was. At least one hundred fifty thousand. All right. So the story came out today. ESPN did their um, top one hundred NBA players, of course, going into the season because why not? It's a good talker. Guess who's not on that list? Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Guess who ran to Wiggy to ask him about him not being on their list? ESPN. It's genius. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't think you're that good. What do you think? So we talk about not being that good. Yeah, we, <laughs> We don't think you're one of the top 100
1: players. Do you disagree?
3: We don't. We think you're a complete bust. Do you (laughs) think that that you're a bust? Or just talk about that. To which he said, and I believe the Wolves, if I'm not mistaken, play tonight against uh, the Bucks. Is that correct? They do. In Milwaukee. To which Wiggy said, I don't really look at that too much. Top 100 or not top 100. There's not 100 players better than me, so it doesn't matter what people think. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. My job is to come out here and hoop. And that's what I'm going to
1: do. All right. Everything about that is great. My guy, okay? That's your guy. guy. I was going to say, you You run
3: with this. You take this. Yeah,
1: okay. So there better not be a butt here. That's your guy. Well... Let's build up here. Let's so this is the, the the second part of this quote. Just read the quote again, if you could, Jed. He
3: says, "I don't r- really look at that too much. Top one hundred or not? There's not one hundred players. I like
1: the first part of that. Don't look at it. Just yeah. block out the outside. I noise. don't
3: look That's at right. it, but because you asked me, because yeah. you didn't rake me, yeah. I'm answering." He continued on to say, there's not 100 players better than me, so it doesn't matter what people think. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. My job is to come out here and hoop, and that's what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, come out there. Go out there. Hoop. Hoop it up. Don't take the long twos. But uh, objectively, he very much is not one of the top 100 players in the NBA. He's just not. My guy, I got to I gotta check my guy here for a second, okay? Okay. Because um, this, this I need gonna...
4: to, I need to have the list of the top hundred. Is there where is this ESPN?
1: ESPN.com. Can you read the page. Read the last like fifteen, just out of curiosity. I have to find the whole list. Because the, like, the top this is a is separate easy. story from that. Because the the top is obviously easy. It's the Giannises of the world. It's LeBron sure. James and Kevin Durant, etc. And you
4: don't think Wiggy, your guy, is is in a class with them? He is your well, guy. He's
1: he's certainly not in a class with them. Okay, All right. you know, Maybe after this year, we'll All right. see. Okay. Uh, your guy, but the bottom of the the bottom of the list would be intriguing. But here here's some objectivity. I'm just going to give you a bunch of different ways you could measure where a player would rank in the NBA. Just a bunch of different flavors, some advanced analytics and some normal, you know, back of the basketball card stats. Player efficiency rating. He was 140th last year, so outside the top 100. Win shares that basically ranks players based on how many wins did you contribute to your team's total. It's a it's an analytically driven metric, obviously. Three hundred fortieth in win shares last
4: year out of like four hundred fifty players, something like that. They basically said he was replaceable. Okay, yeah, you know what? Judd? Stop looking for the list. He's not top one hundred. No, you're not, you're not no, top one hundred with not. metrics like that. No. I don't even need to know no, the here's names. Here's a
1: few more. Okay, field goal
4: percentage. All right, but here I got it right here. hundred twenty
1: qualified shooters in the NBA last year. Hundred twenty qualified. He was hundred fourteenth in field goal percentage and a hundred eighteenth out of hundred twenty in. Effective field goal percentage, which takes into account your efficiency and context. Uh, How about rebounds and assists, okay? Rebounds and assists per game. 90th in rebounds per game and 95th in assists per game. Hey, he's top 100 rebound and assist guy. That's what he meant. He's a top 100 rebounder and assist guy.
3: Guess who's first on this list? Number one, numero uno on this list. The best player in the world right now? Right now. Giannis. Yep.
4: Yeah. Really? He's number one. Hmm. Kawhi is two. LeBron is three. That's not, I don't think that's too shocking. I just thought in the age of the three pointer, that's the one hole in Giannis's game. Harden is four. Anthony Davis is five. Steph Curry is six. Worst cat.
3: Uh, Embiid 14th. is eight. Uh, I will keep going. Damian Lillard. Uh, Paul George is 10. So that's the top 10. Um, hold on, I got, I got to keep going now, because of course they break glasses, it up, the no, they glasses, break the it up into tens smaller. too, because they break it up in, into tens, because you why wouldn't, those why extra wouldn't click you, when you click, get click, what, type of, what type of self-serving website tries to you get You should clicks? start breaking
1: your columns up into like, every paragraph is a page.
4: Uh, like <laughs> <before>. <laughs> I'm not going to tell people not to read by that much, okay? It's already a
3: struggle on a daily basis.
4: <laughs> Do it like those really, really shady websites. We've talked about it before, on in other news, where like, if you want to see the rest of the story. I hate that. You have to click to the next page that has 82 <laughs> ads on it. <laughs> uh, Here, here's the, before you
1: get to the cat, the is, cat ranking. Cat oh, is 18. He's eighteenth. Oh, okay, top 20 player with some room to grow. Yes. The, the, the problem with this top 100 thing in Andrew Wiggins is the fact that he's a half decade into his career, and it's even a debate whether he should be in the top 100. you think when you're drafting a guy number one overall or in the Timberwolves case, when you're trading for a guy that was drafted number one overall, you think you're getting at least one of the 100 best players in the NBA by the time he's like 24, 23, 24 years old. And here we sit with my guy. My guy who I I remember, I'm buying
4: stock in. I don't know if I, ever, I don't know if I ever brought this to you guys last week the Bleacher Report, they re-resubmitted their their prediction. <laughs> yes, you I showed did. You this that was good. yeah, from, from 5 years ago when when Andrew Wiggins was drafted, they projected who would be the top 20 players in the league going into 2020. And they had Andrew Wiggins as the fourth. They projected he'd be the fourth best player in the NBA and Carl Anthony Towns would be 14th. Back in, this
1: is That's five years ago.
4: Bleacher Report predicted that in 2015. Just about bit outside. And they nailed, not, they nailed Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, but, yeah. but, not, but, they really but Wiggins isn't even Wiggy, in the top 100. You're a
3: guy they missed badly on. I know. You know what? I just got a brilliant idea. I'm going to rank the top 10 QBs. I'm then going to drive out to the Vikings and go up to Kirk Cousins and say... You know, Kirk, score north, rank the top 10 QBs. You're outside the top 10. What do you think about that? I mean, talk about these people that don't believe. Talk about these critics. Talk about the doubters. Talk, talk about these people, the naysayers. And I just won't say, hey,
4: I actually ranked them. I mean, people in our business do that all the time. It's a great, I love it, though. The it's old, so great. You know, people are saying.
0: <laughs> Which is before, where the talk about Before comes you from.
4: ask a question. You know, there are people out there who think.
1: So when the, when the Wolves approached and said, hey, would you want, would you want Andrew Wiggins at Wolves Media Day and do, do, do an interview with him? All of that crossed <laughs> through my mind. I'm like, all right. I mean, obviously I have to start with the 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 critical nature of of you know of my analysis right. of but I, but do I do it through the prism of you know a lot of people a lot of people say you take too many long <laughs> that's, that's the most low down <laughs> way what,
0: what do you say about all these people through the years <laughs> who have talked about your game you remember a couple years ago when Kaepernick was playing for the 49ers and ESPN was i think it was Jaws was saying that he might be the best quarterback of all time or was saying that he could be up there This became a news story. They got Steve Young's opinion on it. Then the beat reporter for ESPN for the 49ers was out there and asked him about it, asked Kaepernick about it. And then they spent the entire next day breaking down his comments on the thing they themselves said. It was was like a week of content for ESPN. By the way, what
1: happened to Ron Jaworski?
0: He has his
1: own website now. He got let go, right? Yeah, he's been gone
0: from ESPN for a couple years. But
1: he's he's just on his own? I think so, yeah. Does he have... I think he's
3: got a uh, talk show in Philadelphia, right? I think he's on the radio daily, and he still might be doing stuff for NFL films, if I am correct on that. But, yeah, I think he does a daily talk show on, like, The Whip or something. Good old Jaws.
7: You think you like football? Ron Jaworski
1: doesn't just really like football. He loves football! There's a lesson to be learned here be late for practice. <laughs> don't
0: oversleep. You better be there or you don't see the football
1: field.
5: Football! Yeah! 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 Football! Yeah! Football! Football! Yeah! Yeah!
0: So- He's a motivational speaker, by the way. Really? Yeah. He's I Matt mean, Foley. That, <laughs> I was motivated after
4: that. He's Matt Foley. I love Matt Foley. Oh, yeah. I love. But couldn't you see
3: Jaws?
7: You
1: think you like football? Ron Jaworski doesn't just really like football. He... Loves football. Russell Wilson.
4: I thought the Seahawks brought him along beautifully. They gave him more volume as the season progressed, and when the playoffs came, Wilson was ready for the challenge.
5: <laughs> football, football, <laughs> yeah,
3: football!
0: Yeah! Football!
5: Football!
3: Get some.
0: His website, Get to Know Jaws. Jaws has successfully taken his leadership skills from the gridiron to the boardroom, <laughs> defining the lines where sports meets business. Wait. Wait, so he's just like going to, he's going to yeah. companies and just like the best part, a, a whiteboard only and drying up business plans or what? He has always exhibited an entrepreneurial spirit and today owns a professional sports team, a business relationship company, and six team. golf courses. He owns a professional sports team. An arena team? football what? team. Philadelphia Soul. Oh, that's yeah. right. And it, yes. it
3: used to be him and, um, was it Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi? Yeah, it was. yeah. Does he live
0: in a van down by the river? <laughs> Couldn't you see him doing it? There's no vans on Couldn't you website. see him talking to Kirk? There is a picture of him and Bon Jovi holding up the Arena Football League trophy, though, and it's amazing. <laughs> Couldn't you see him motivating Kirk? <laughs> you better turn this thing around, or you're going to be living in a van down by the river!
7: You think you like football? Ron Jaworski doesn't
1: just really like
2: football, he Loves
1: football. He's one of those guys we always talk about quarterback <laughs> position. You gotta be the first
6: in, last out. Not what they get out there in the media, but are you really the first in and the last out? <laughs>
5: football! Football, yeah. Yeah. yeah, football! He does have an him.
0: I can see it. He also has fantasy advice on his website. Oh, I'm sure he does. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's okay. It's
3: okay, yeah. oh, that's the Matt Foley put me over. I can just envision Matt Foley talking to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> We had to see him. we brought this uh, motivational speaker to talk to you, Kurt.
4: You guys want one more? Your yeah. coach told me you keep throwing interceptions. <laughs> you think you like
7: football?
6: Ron Jaworski doesn't just really like football;
2: he <laughs> loves football.
6: This week, I spent time updating my quarterback, Big Board, where I rate the quarterbacks uh, from 1 to 32. And and it's not only about this year. Some guys get some street cred for what they've done (laughs) in the past and gone to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls. Football!
1: Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason Stark is going to join us when we come back. He's been traveling all day. We need help. <laughs> but. Let's see what happens. Mackie and Jebel Rami. Oh, man. Uh, empowered in part by Luther Brookdale Toyota. I don't think they sell vans down by the river. <laughs> I mean, they probably sell vans. You can drive them down by the river if you want, I'm sure. Drove my uh, RAV4 down by the river <laughs> yesterday. It was great. Today's a beautiful day to drive down by the river. Well, Lottie,
5: freaking da!
1: <laughs> just make sure that your tires are safe if you're driving down by the river. You know that uh, that winter time period's coming up. You want to make sure that you have all the necessary tire traction when you're driving down by the river, it's just frozen <laughs> in the winter time. Uh, you can buy any three tires on any Toyota and get the fourth one for just a dollar. And you can also get a battery inspection. Uh, they just, just want to make sure that you're safe. I have definitely enjoyed the 2019 RAV4 XLE on a couple road trips already in these last couple months. So stop in and experience the same great service and the same great people that I have been for a long time and my family going back to the 1980s. Luther Brookdale, Toyota 694, in Brooklyn Boulevard. I don't respect anyone's baseball acumen. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand.
5: It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. with
0: Rami.
5: Nobody on two out, one one pitch. Here it is. Swinging a high fly ball into center field. That's going to do it. Robles is there. He has it. And in the uh, Nationals win this one, and they are going to the World Series. they will come back and have some more for after this.
1: Dan Rami, as a noted Cardinals hater, had his own champagne celebration after that game went final. <laughs> Mackie and Joe Rami on Score North. Was
4: so good. It's
1: depressed. That, en- that enriches my soul. Depressed Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> Jason Stark from The Athletic and from MLB Network, his appearances brought to us by Dale Tondrick's Retirement Playbook, which you can find that show at 10 a.m. on Saturdays right here on Score North. And, uh, Jason, do you think this Astros-Yankees series is going to go the full seven, or do you think the Astros now have a stronghold?
7: <laughs> well, let's think about it now. The Yankees have to beat them three times in four games with no off day. Uh, don't you think that feels like advantage Astros? Definitely. Um, they also got to uh, either skip or postpone the Jose or. Key day slash bullpen game. Doesn't that feel like advantage Astros? The Yankees also now would have to potentially use their highest leverage relievers three days in a row, four days in a row. Like, I think everything has flipped in the Astros' favor. I mean, you you know, in five hours, whenever this thing gets over, I might have a different opinion, but right now, up two with Cole and Verlander still available to pitch and win two more games i think that's a great place for the astros to be
3: speaking of cole jason historically when we put into context what he has what he is in the midst of doing and what he has done how impressive is this year for a guy who we always knew was good but it seems like in 2019 has taken things up a definite step or three.
7: Oh man uh you know i I covered the NLCS, not the ALCS, but I did cover the first-round series (laughs) in which he pitched. And this was an honest debate that we had. Has anybody ever had better stuff than Gary Cole? And, like, the only names that came up were the usual, right? Pedro, Randy Johnson, um, the young Verlander, Bob Gibson, Koufax. I don't know. Like, who. Who's more unhittable than him? He's got four swing and miss pitches. And he, he, he's throwing 99, 100 miles an hour, 100 pitches deep in the game. Um, he's a closer only with better stuff. And you you, you got to deal with it for 100, 110, 112 pitches. It's amazing to watch. Amazing. 19 wins in a row. It just doesn't happen in real life.
4: So, how much are the twins going to have to pay to sign this guy, Jason? (laughs)
7: Uh, how much you got?
0: I got a 20 right here. <laughs> Phil's got a 20.
7: Yeah, we're pooling our money right
3: now. <laughs> the, I've got my HSA studio. card yeah. that's got a couple bucks on it. It's great to get
7: a loose change. Yeah, free <laughs> Jason, so uh, contracts.
4: Jason, AJ, AJ Hinch, before the game today, he was asked about the sign-stealing controversy that I guess is now part of the ALCS. They, the Yankees <laughs> accused the Astros of whistling to indicate which pitches were being thrown. And Hinch said, it made me laugh because it's ridiculous. Had I known it would take something like that to set off the Yankees, we would have practiced that in spring training. <laughs> Do you think they're in the Yankees' heads? Because it sounds like that's what A.J. Hinch is alluding to there, that they're getting in the Yankees' heads. I,
7: yeah, I think they're in everybody's heads. I mean, I, I went through this last year covering them in the postseason and all. You know all the controversy that went with that, uh, the, the 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 mysterious figure next to the dugout in Fenway, and um, I you know I heard conspiracy theories of like every possible conspiracy theory, including the fact that remember they had that big hill in their ballpark in center field, right? So they tore down the hill, removed the hill, and there's a big sports bar. Out there now, right behind their bullpen. And what do sports bars have? Giant TV screens, right? So, like I had a guy from one team saying, he's sure that the bullpen is watching those giant TV screens and then relaying (laughs) signs. And everybody thinks that the Astros are up to something. And you know what? Good
1: chance they're right. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? Hats off, I guess. Do we, do we care a
3: lot, Jason? That's my question. Well, everybody's,
7: everybody's trying to do this. Right. And baseball has, you know, it's had to take some much stronger measures to try to prevent it. Yeah. But it, it's getting to be a huge topic in the sport because there are so many cameras in every ballpark now between the TV cameras and all the cameras that teams are using for super slow-mo uh, mechanical uh, analysis of everything that everybody does. They, you know, teams now need to have an, a full accounting of every video camera they have in their stadium, what it's used for, uh, who's getting to uh, view it, and it, we, it hasn't stopped us from Whistlegate.
1: Yeah, uh, Jason Stark, weekly guest on the show during baseball season and uh, World Series, and also all of the ALCS and NLCS games can be heard right here. On Score North AM fifteen hundred. So Clayton Kershaw's postseason ERA after the latest uh, failure here a few days ago, last week, his postseason ERA is now two full runs higher than his regular season ERA. How how do you put into context his career? I mean, how do you do? You, I mean, how do you do? You separate the two? What do you do?
7: Yeah, I mean, we you know we debated this on our Starkville podcast this week because um, I don't know how you not. Um, you know, in general, in life and in baseball, I gravitate toward larger samples over smaller samples. And I would always recommend that. But, you know, Clayton, I used to defend by saying, well, it was mostly against one team, it was mostly against the Cardinals, or, you know, if so you have to throw out a couple of those years because he was 20 years old. Uh, but now, he's up to 158 postseason innings. So it's hard to... Dismissed this. On the other hand, he's still one of the greatest pitchers of modern times. Uh, you know, he had ten consecutive seasons where his ERA was in the twos or lower. Ten in a row since the since earned runs became an official stat, nobody had ever done that. Uh, last time I was on NLB Network, I had them look, look this up. He had a hundred. And 94 consecutive starts where his ERA over that span, we're talking about seven years, was under two. And so he's a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the October stuff means he can't possibly be a unanimous Hall of Famer, right? Because that's part of his permanent record.
3: Exactly. Cards, Nats. Impressed by the Nats or more disappointed in the Cardinals? You
7: know, I always give this speech to my wife, the volleyball coach. There's two teams playing. <laughs> it's not just about what your team didn't do. What do good teams do? They impose their will on your team.
3: That's very football-like, Jason, right there. Impose right? their will. That's and very that, NFL. Yeah, it
7: was. It was very. It was very effective. Uh, unofficial coaching, too. <laughs> it got. It, it, it at least brought her back to earth a little bit because it's true. Uh, you know, the Nationals are better than the cardinals the and it it showed and the cardinals have been offensively challenged all year uh that showed up against such great pitching anibal sanchez throwing 66 miles an hour max scherzer in the shadows and then strasburg and corbin just with just mind-blowing stuff the next two days um That that was not a good matchup for that that Cardinals offense, and you know, let's not forget what the Nationals have done since May 23rd. They're now 82 and 40. There's only been one National League team in the last 15 years that's had an 82 and 40 stretch. That's amazing. So this is one of the most talented teams in the sport, and a team capable of winning the World Series. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, at this point. It, it's it's also just going to be really fun, regardless of who comes out of the American League. We're going to get some. I mean, if if it's Astros and Nationals, think about some of the pitching matchups we're going to yeah. see. Hall of Fame pitching matchups.
7: Oh my god! I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Verlander, Scherzer, Cole, Strasburg. Yeah. Oh, you like that? Like that to kick off any series? Yeah,
8: Jason. That's yeah, like,
7: this is old school. Yeah, man. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Colfax Gibson. Well, Corbin Green. well, yeah, Kofax Gibson will not be in there. But, uh, yeah, Corbin, Corbin Grinky the, will have to do. As an undercover <laughs> yeah, well, that's it'll pretty amazing. Uh, hey, and, so and, oh, we like this, right? I mean, this is, you know, baseball has gravitated away from these kinds of matchups, but these are two teams that still believe that the, it all starts with the rotation. And even the Astros who are the most data-driven team in the world. So, I, I mean, if that's the matchup, I can't wait. But if it's Nationals pitching versus Yankees lineup, that could be fun. Yeah.
1: So, Jason, we know that uh, you're a busy man. We want to be respectful of your time. But we do want to ask if you brought trivia in and around your travels. I did. Oh, wow. This yeah, guy. I want to hear the music. Man. Oh.
8: Dun, dun, dun. to
1: He's, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to stump us again. Traveling Jason Stark. Never well, fails. Let's
7: see, if I, let's see if I stump you. Um, you, know, you know, Garrett Coles won three games in this postseason, right?
1: Yeah.
7: Only three pitchers in Twins history have won at least three games in a single postseason. I'm sure you guys can name them. I'm sure you
1: can. Uh, so three Twins pitchers right. who've won at least three games in a single postseason. I mean, Jack I'm, Morris Jack, has to be... Frankie V, right? Probably. And, and I'm saying Viola, right? Oh, uh, I would have a hard time arguing against Viola... Agreed,
4: and Jack Morris. Jack so Morris. Right. right, let's so, throw those two those out. Those two we're putting out there as official answers. Yeah. yeah.
7: Jack All right. right. Okay. That okay. okay. Jack Morris won four games in '91.
1: All, All right,
7: pitching every three days. We need right. one more oh. now.
1: All right. So now yeah. again, these are just. Are we going to have to? Among the room, are we going to have to dig deeper for older World Series teams? No,
3: the 65 was an American League champion that oh, went yeah, right, right to the World Series, yeah. so there was no... Yeah. They didn't play enough to win. Brad Radke?
1: A... No. It's no. either 80... Oh, no. No. No, no, no. It's three times in World Series. It's either 87 or... Because they... think about this. It's 87 or 91, right? They've... The only postseason outside of eighty-seven or ninety-one where they would have won enough games, okay, to even have a conversation, now, maybe hold on, hold on, is, is two thousand two. They only won
4: four games. I think in 2002. I might have been onto something because Jason started to correct me. He said you could, you could it's win. sixty-five.
1: Yeah,
3: oh, but the, I, I want to make sure that you recognize. it. Yeah, no, you're trying water water to no pitchers, Stark. You're trying you know, to fool you know, us. Swerving Stark. I'm not. Here, okay. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. Going, we're not. We're stupid, but we're not dumb all the
1: time. Yeah. Um, it's either. It's either Scott Erickson, eleven, and 87. Ooh, ALCS and Bleib World Levin's, Series. Blylevin's Levin? a good answer. It's either it's either Scott Erickson or Burt Blylevin, I would think.
3: And Erickson was Erickson was hurt by the '91 postseason. He pitched because they they pitched him begrudgingly in that World Series. Um,
1: I mean, I'm, wait, I'm, wait, wait,
3: wait. Are we missing anyone else from '91?
1: Well, other guys, like t- other guys tappany, pitched. I mean, tappany tappany, tappany pitched. pitched.
3: That's my only question.
1: I'm going to go to... Let, let's let, let's put our money on... All right, again, this is for the room. The Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Burt Blylevin's Blylevin. Hall of Famer. Of the, I'm going to say Burt Blylevin. One of the
3: great broadcasters
1: of all time. Okay. All right, all right we're going to circle Burt Blylevin. Blylevin here. Burt Blylevin. Yeah! 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 Yes! Oh, it's well been
4: a while. Done. It's been a while. Well done. Feels good. Whew.
1: Is it the yeah. first one of the year? <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not the, the second, first of the year. No, it's the
3: second. Second or third, it's at least the second. But
0: but I haven't said test. it's the
7: first no, one. No, I think or it's the first no, Are
3: we went. counting all those ones where you just kept
7: giving answers until you got it right?
0: No, 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 no. I, thought I we, think I this, thought this is the first one that they've gotten without And here's the thing,
3: though. The guy with the questions, our friend, tried to throw off
4: Rami. He did. He almost got me too. I'm glad you guys. He's up. like
3: the Astros. I'm glad you guys pulled
4: me. He's out like the
7: Astros.
3: He's already I, the best I, player I mean, in the game, and he's trying to screw with us.
7: Was I, was I wrong? I, like just because there, were no, there was no LCS didn't mean he couldn't win three
3: games. That used to happen. But Robbie bit, and it was really sad to watch. <laughs>
4: Thanks,
7: guys. I'm you had sorry. Back there. I feel I feel bad if I misled you, man. <laughs> you know, uh, Left Striker didn't win any more games in '87. Viola and Violet- when all the games their starters wow won. the <laughs> only other starter who won a game in 91 besides Jack Morris was Kevin Tappanine.
3: Okay. Because they yeah, didn't the win on the pitchers. road in that World Series either. All right. Awesome. All right, all right, right. Jason. We're good three. good stuff. And just, just remember, if, if
1: the Twins had better pitching like they did in 87-91, we could have been doing this in studio from Minneapolis on a beautiful fall day today. Yeah. Here we
7: are. Yeah. Well, hey. In that stadium in Washington, don't know if any of you guys have ever been there, but like, you know, they have a bunch of uh, players, like, it's kind of like a, 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 an honor roll or something. And there's, there's several twins <laughs> in oh, yeah. that who get honored there. Like, you know, Har- Harmon Killebrew was a senator, senator who became a twin. Yep. Like guys like that.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's been um, since the 1930s, the last time they went to the I guess
7: I Walter Johnson. I would think, then, everybody in Minnesota must be pulling heavily for their yeah. brethren in Washington. Or
1: not. We're, uh, Kurt Suzuki was very popular here. Brian Dozier was for a little while, but then he started complaining about the front well, office. And Fernando Rodney. And Fernando Rodney is, it was popular for a couple minutes, anyways.
7: Yeah, so. I, I asked one of the, the the Nationals guys about honoring twins, and he said, I'm pretty sure that the twins don't commemorate any senators.
1: They don't. No, we, I mean we we probably should adopt Walter Johnson at some point. No, nope. the guy has the guy has, and they don't
3: and they don't honor the the World Series for uh, for that team.
1: Twenty five. We have too they many don't. Minnesota sports championships to yeah. be bothered with Washington. To keep up with all of this. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, All right, Jason. We'll talk next great week. See ya, bye. 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 Jason Stark from The
4: Athletic. Oh, big win, and, and I NBA show Network. you something? Big win. Guys, that was huge. That's great. Huge I'm, for the show. Good job, guys.
3: I'm going to turn this around and show you guys. Kirk Cousins' Twitter account just tweeted this out, or he did, or his guide. His handler did. How uncomfortable is this? Just watch CenturyLink this.
1: CenturyLink is giving away tickets to our home game against Denver, and it's him, like, wide-eyed. He looks like a young version of Judd Zolget in this photo. Like, he doesn't quite know how to smile. <laughs> okay, but the smile
4: is really... I mean, this is why I don't... Don't smile! Oh my god! I'd like to. Really yeah, he needs to join our club. Yeah, just don't. our support group. You, of people who can't smile on command. Me? So far, Perk, meet you and Perkins. Yeah, like this is the most. This is <laughs> oh the my worst god. smile since my smile. Oh wow,
1: that's a lot of teeth. A lot well, of teeth. A lot of tickets.
3: And the jaw's not right. Like I can. I can't smile, but I can tell you what's wrong when a person can't smile. I can't look away from it. I, me neither. It's like a. It's like a train wreck. You just can't take your eyes off
1: him. I'm going to find a similar photo of Judd staring into a camera. And if see you if we can put him side by you side,
3: Judd like a young Judd's all game. If you showed up at my door, look like that, I would scream, slam the door, and run upstairs <laughs> or to the basement. You wouldn't
1: take the tickets.
3: Not if somebody came to my You've house. Got a and VIP
4: did, pass, Judd.
3: Yeah, but it's VIP. Like, you know what kind of free food comes with VIP? I'm so uncomfortable with this.
1: <laughs> Is this what I want for my quarterback? Speaking of quarterbacks. My quarterback, man. Speaking of quarterbacks, gentlemen, the quarterback Cesspool Challenge yeah, is buddy. coming up next. My yeah, buddy. Mackie and Judd with Rami on score North.
8: it's hard being a quarterback in the NFL. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. Each week, Mackie, Judd, and Rami look for the worst of the worst quarterback performances. The interceptions. Intercepted! What a- The strip sacks. And the ball's out again. And the Bills recovered again. The ineptitude. I mean,
2: it's absolutely pitiful.
8: It's the quarterback cesspool challenge on Score North. And that's the fifth interception today.
1: Yes. It's becoming one of our favorite segments around here. I love it. And we've been bad about getting a start on these punishments, but we will get the ball rolling on these punishments next week. Next we'll, we'll week we'll start doing.
4: We've been saying that for three weeks. Yeah, but you're I'm you're, you're gone tomorrow. I'm ready to start serving
1: my punishments. You're going to be like Ayo. doing a strip club tour downtown that Minneapolis is tonight. A legend. <laughs> wow! It came that
3: up on the air sound. by you. <laughs> it came up on the air. I'd like to know more now. If that we're did going not to sound
0: enough of like a
3: denial, <laughs> I didn't say anything about tour. Yeah, it's just going to be one place. It's just going to be one strip club. Residency.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: you're taking your comedy routine? Yeah. I'll be I'll be here for a month. There was a. Uh, Please welcome there, Charlotte. There, I
4: never performed there, but there was a comedy club in Milwaukee called Jokers with a Z, uh, now out of business. But they were in. Shocking. They were literally in the basement of a strip club. And from what I understand, if one uh, of your jokes didn't land, you just heard thumping bass. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> amazing. amazing so this is the quarterback cesspool challenge where we look to identify the worst starting quarterback performances in the NFL all seventeen weeks as measured by q b r and we'll get to the rules in just a second, but we've got to get to last week's standings um and 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 I think just before we get to the standings even. We had a punishment idea on the show yesterday, and I can't remember what it was. And Rami instantly threw his hand up and said, yep, I will oh, do that.
0: You had to audition for T.C. Bear. Oh, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah.
4: When are the auditions?
1: Do we know I don't yet? know.
0: I haven't found out.
4: What was I'm your job? Out. I
1: mean that's not available.
0: the information wasn't available last night.
4: Honestly, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot here. That's not even a punishment. I would just volunteer to do that. But let's yeah. go ahead and make yeah. it a punishment. I once said that about a punishment on the show.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and you were sorry. Live to re- regret it. Yeah. I will so. not live to regret this. <laughs> yeah. I,
4: okay. I want to be the next TC the Bear.
1: Are you guys okay with Rami auditioning for T C Bear as a punishment? Because I think that would be Absolutely, hilarious. Yeah. I don't even care no. that he's embracing it. No doubt, I do it. Okay. We'll make that happen. Some other ideas here. Judd having to do a three minute open mic night set at Acme Comedy Club was suggested. Yeah, they really don't want me to do that, but it's only three minutes. You know how you could just do wild. Be, you could do wild you material. You know
3: to what, me mean turn it? To exactly. Hey, did you hear the one about Koivu's contract? <laughs> hey, hey! So, uh, defenseman and a uh, forward walk into a bar.
5: <laughs> Bartender says, "Why the long face?"
3: Yeah, that would be really ugly.
0: So, the story I'm reading on TC Bear: the audition. Dustin Moore said, ad- "Open editions for the gig will be held in the near future." Okay, so we don't have a date yet. No, okay, we don't have. We'll a figure date this hope out. Hope you're not claustrophobic, Rami.
1: We'll figure this out.
3: Oh okay. no, I'm
0: I'm good with getting into costume.
1: I do not like being in costumes. So going into this week, we have sausage once at a Brewers thing. It was really ugly. Wait, what? What? I told you guys that that story. Uh, did you say you were part
3: of the sausage race in in Madison. They brought the costumes, uh, and, and I was there to see my guy WILDy, and he got us in because he, he's a. You know, celebrity type guy. Sure. He got us in and he was going to race and they were going to have me be like the sausage or something. And so the guy, so like the guy who's the sausage guy comes and he's like, okay, well, you know, put the costume on you. And it was fine on the bottom, but then the top, they like pin your arms. So you and were going
1: to do the race.
3: I was going to do the race as like the sausage guy. And so. <laughs> they they pin your arms down to get the cause co- and I'm like, dude, I can't do this. I'm I i can not move. Like I'm cla- I'm going to be way but too. But they clustered. let your
4: arms out once the suit is on, don't they? No, it's pretty much pinned down. No, there are armholes in the. Sausage, well,
3: there might be, guess. but I didn't get there, and so you have to so- run
0: with your <laughs> arms like, <laughs> pinned to your side. No, here's panic. The, the no. panic attack
3: came
1: before the
0: armholes. <laughs> yeah, so raven. here's the great so thing. I want out of the sausage. So,
3: yes, exactly. So the guy said to me, <laughs> so it, it must be such a regular thing. Down. That the guy who did the sausage says, that's fine, I'll do it. And so this must happen all the time. And so he like put the costume on and ran. I'm like, I can't do that. It's like, I can't be that pinned out. I can't do that. Uh-uh. I'm way too claustrophobic.
1: Is this one of your life's regrets? No, it's,
3: I was very happy. No, cuz I stood firm. I'm like I'm not doing it. Stood firm. I'm not doing it. I was I was not going to be sausage no unattended.
0: <laughs> this is all drop worthy.
3: No, I I'm did. Sure I this. stood completely firm and I and said I'm not too. doing I'm yeah. not going to be the sausage. I'm not I can't. <laughs> and so the guys like that's fine. I was panicked though. I was in a blind panic. I was cousins at Soldier Field. <laughs> Like I know how cousins feels. I was couldn't resist. Could you? you I just was couldn't. no, but I know how he feels. Do you know what, what it feels like to be put oh, in, in so a, a saying, position in which you don't belong? Judge is acquitting. In which you're going to fail. Judge
1: Khalil Mack running yes. at full speed with the sausage about costume. to rip your head off. Yes, having to do the sausage race at Miller Park. Yes,
0: with his arms pinned to his sides.
3: In both situations, you're putting a human being in a position that they don't belong. I can't believe. you. You panicked before you even put your arms out of the hole. Oh, I went, no, I utterly panicked. I was like, I can't breathe. I just, all I had to do was to get your arms out of the hole. You know what? That's fine. That's
1: fine. What do you say
3: about all these naysayers who say you couldn't do the sausage race? Okay, would you ever do, what's the
1: one they have at Target Field where you dress up as Bullseye the Target guy? Yeah, I don't
3: think those are as confining.
1: Okay. I don't Can know do that it? for sure. Judd doing that race as a punishment. Can we all do it? Actually, that this would show. be hilarious. That'd be fun. Race, Race each other. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. We'll do the... Uh, t- I'm going to put this on the list. I don't Targeted think there was confining. is confining.
3: The- I'm not positive of that, though. <laughs> I don't know that for sure.
1: So, uh, here's what we have for standings so far this season. The <laughs> goal is to identify the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So, if you identify a quarterback that performed fairly well, you lose for the week. Of all the f- the four quarterbacks we predict each week, uh, if you predict the one with the best QBR, then you lose. And so far this season, Jonathan, Judd, and Rami are all tied with two losses apiece and Jonathan has three wins to judge two wins to Rami's one win. I'm the only one that doesn't have a win or a loss. I finished either second or third out of four in all of the weeks so far.
0: You're more consistent than the quarterbacks we're
1: choosing.
3: I guess. You're uh, like the wild for years and years. You just sort of stink, but you're not awful. I'm Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, you are. You're 500. Like, yeah, reckon I'm right in the middle. You're right. You are Kirk Cousins. I'm 8-8. Eight eight. I'm the Kirk Cousins of the quarterback's s You channel. are. Congratulations. <laughs> so uh, la- last week... You're not good. You're not bad. You're not la- bad. Last week... Uh, let's start at the bottom here. Jonathan, you said Andy Dalton, and usually Andy Dalton's a really yeah. good pick, but Andy Dalton finished a with a 59 QBR on a scale of uh, 1 to 100. and uh, that's Good enough to finish last year. Uh, who's Devlin Hodges? That was the Steeler's that's starting the quarterback. The
0: entire country and he hard. wasn't
1: as bad as he was supposed to be. Yeah, Rami picked Devlin Hodges, and he finished with a 54.6. I knew I was only going to get one shot at picking yeah. Devlin Hodges. <laughs> Uh, I picked Daniel Jones, who was mostly terrible with a 25.5 at QBR,
8: but wasn't enough to beat out Judd Zolgad. The last time he played a game in Colorado, he threw for 355 yards and five touchdowns. But that was in the Pac-12. His latest visit to the Centennial (laughs) State didn't go quite as well. In fact, it was so bad that he has since been benched.
4: Mariota steps up fires deep downfield for Jennings and the pass is intercepted by Simmons at the 45. Jennings was
7: open
8: but the throw was late. Marcus Mariota's 12.8 QBR makes Judd a QB cesspool challenge winner for the second week in a row.
3: I'm like the Vikings.
8: Everything's
1: great. Nice I'm on job. a hot stretch. Nice job. Uh, the worst quarterback Thank of you. all the quarterbacks in the NFL was Josh Rosen last week with a 2.1 QBR. Mm. That's garbage. And the wow. week I took him, he was actually decent, right? Uh, yeah, he was uh, He was not a train wreck. He was He was 52.7 the week that you took him. So Just so above average. This is week seven of the quarterback cesspool challenge. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan, but I believe the order of picks is Jonathan, Rami, <laughs> Phil, Judd.
0: Yep, that's correct. All
1: right, so let's fire it up. And Jonathan gets his pick again.
0: NFL Films Music.
1: We all have to pick different quarterbacks, and we can't pick quarterbacks that we have picked so far this right. season. So if you have already picked Fitzmagic, you can't pick Fitzmagic again. Jonathan.
0: Well, I've picked this team's quarterback against the team they're playing before already, but thankfully that quarterback was the third string in this you know, on that team in that day. So this time I'm choosing the first string. Sam Darnold going up against the Patriots at home, but on Monday Night Football. All right. Sam Darnold.
4: Sam Darnold. Off the board. Robbie um, Nakloff. I know you sent us the list of quarterbacks who we've taken in the past last week. I never looked at that email. Have I taken Ryan Fitzpatrick? No. You have not. I have not, have not. Give me Ryan Fitzpatrick today <laughs> against the Buffalo Bills. He's terrible. The Dolphins don't care about football. And the Bills are actually an okay football team. Actually, maybe a good football team. Good defensively. Yeah. They're
1: pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to put my money on a defense that's been right there with New England as one of the best in the NFL so far this season, and a quarterback that throws spastic, unnecessary interceptions at will, except for the one season he was a Viking. Case Keenum is my guy for week seven.
3: Mm. That's a good pick. Mm. You okay? That was going to be my pick. I was hoping to get him through. Because Haskins took the snaps today, Keenum got the day off. Did you have a backup plan? But Bill Callahan said Keenum's going to start. Oh no, I've got more quarterbacks written down. But okay, that's. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that I think will rebound to be awful because, darn it, he usually is. First time the season and only time. Come on down, Andy Dalton.
1: Wow, there it is. I thought about it. Yeah, he's not going to give you two back-to-back good performances, right? <laughs> no.
4: no. Now
3: here's my other here. Here was my conundrum. My next choice, very close, Tannehill replacing Mariota. I was thinking to myself, boy, he could be horse bleep too. <laughs> but I probably shouldn't try and milk Titans back-to-back weeks.
1: So I'm going to go Dalton. Yeah, you got to get some of these dudes who might only be starters for a week or two. You got to you got to get in. Got to get your chance. And the Pittsburgh guy, while the iron's hot, has the buy. Yeah, so you can't. Or pick I would have taken him. Actually, you could take him because I. T- I took Luke Fulton to buy so... A 50 don't cut it, though. <laughs> no. I'm trying to win here. All right. So that's the quarterback cesspool challenge every Thursday on Mackie and Jeb with Romney, where we try to identify the worst of the worst starting quarterback performances in the NFL. We celebrate failure. Yes, we do. Unlike anybody else, we I celebrate failure. can't wait failure. to audition to be TC the Bear. Do you know what the in- auditions entail? Well, there was an interview portion. Remember, we read... We read the article yesterday that explained. Oh, I'll crush years the interview person. portion. The guy, uh, well, guy didn't do then. very
4: well in the interview portion, but yeah, he that's did well right. in the physical portion. What if you do get the job? What do you mean? Then I'm then I'm TC the bear.
3: No, I know, but if you get the, it's full time job.
4: So if, no, Phil said he'd work around my schedule. As TC, who do the they Bear. Call you only have first, to work nights mostly, except for like call Wednesday first day in that games.
0: situation. Do they call Phil like, hey? Your boy Rami did a really good job at T C Bear and we really want him. Or do they call Rami first and Rami has to break the news to
1: Listen, Phil? if we could make a trade, if we could like if they wanted Rami as T C Bear and, they, and and they needed Rami out of his contract, we could we could like if we could swing like Rami and uh, a player to be named later for Justin Morno or something.
4: Ostadio. <laughs> trade for Ostadio.
0: You give me Ostadio, we'll give you Rami.
4: That's a wow. fair trade. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I never agreed to that. Here, I thought I was a valued team member.
0: You're saying Ostadio is not a valued team member?
4: I mean, Ostadio is great, but... See? Good character I
0: guy. I think we want him. He
4: is, yeah.
0: We'll wrap
1: with Royce. Good, good, good character guy. Good guys, culture we'll guy. It's, uh, it's Royce's birthday, so we're going to... He's 73 now. years young. We're going to get him to talk about nice. 70, 74. 74? I think he's 74. What about
3: 73? Well,
1: yeah, we, we can for, ask oh, him. Is this like a Sid situation where like no one's really sure if... No, I don't think Royce...
3: Is. I don't think there's that
1: problem with Patrick. We'll talk to the birthday boy when we come back. Mackie and Jeb with Rami in the TCL studios, and we've got a couple 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TVs in here with 5,000-plus streaming channels. It's amazing, on uh, nights like last night where there's not a whole lot going on in the sports world, if you've got one of these built-in Roku devices inside of a TCL TV, you've got endless entertainment options. If you're a cord cutter out there, and I know there's a lot of people cutting the cord on cable, satellite, and uh, opting for just their own sort of customized streaming platform of channels. And uh, you can you can customize anything you want with, like I said, 5,000 streaming channels and 500,000-plus movies and TV show episodes. You can check out TCL TVs for yourself inside any major little retailer in the Twin Cities or snoop around their website, tclusa.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios.
0: Jonathan here with the Score North download brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. You can join Dan Tower, Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Alban, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday for Minnesota United playoff action as they host the LA Galaxy in the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs from Allianz Field. Pre-game at 7 p.m. with kick at 7:30. Right here on Score North on AM 1500, ScoreNorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. And if you missed it earlier today, Carson Palmer joined Purple Daily to talk, amongst other things, about among other things, Kirk Cousins in the play-action game.
5: One of the things Kirk does uh, really as good as, as any, any quarterback in the league is his play-action game is really, really good. When he can go through a long play-action, take a big seven-step drop and, and hit the ball that, that he hit to, to uh, Stefan Diggs last week, um, when he has a chance to step into throws, especially in the play-action game, he does a really, really good job. I think one of the things that's that's been hard for him is when he can't step into throws, whether it's a five-step drop, a three-step drop, or a long seven-step drop. When he has to sh- shuffle his feet and move in the pocket and can't get everything on the ball that he wants to get because he can't really step into the throw and transfer his weight and transfer his energy and and create velocity on the football, I, I think that's where he struggled.
0: That full podcast available if you search Purple Daily anywhere you find your podcast. That's when been your Score North download. I'm back. To Mackie and Jonathan Rami,
1: thank you, Jonathan. Let's welcome in the birthday boy, Patrick Royce. How are you celebrating today? Uh, well, I took
2: the grandkids out to lunch, and then I took them to the toy store, and then I did a couple other things. So so far, I'm about two hundred and fifty in the hole, but oh. that's okay.
4: <laughs> I was going to ask you what they got to you at the toy store, but I guess the other way around it didn't work out your, that way. Your tweet
3: last night was one of my favorite of all time because only you could, could tweet. I was feeling loggy eight or nine years ago, considering retirement, but then but then, what changed it? My grandkids and Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Only you could tie the grandkids and Twitter t- together and offend nobody, and I knew exactly what you meant. That's right.
2: That's right. Twitter has invigorated me. It's fantastic. It yeah, except I do drive people crazy if they don't properly turn their phone off, and I get up to do what. Guys my age do at three in the morning and then tweet for an hour. They they don't like that because it goes beep 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 or whatever the hell it does and wakes you <laughs> up. But anyway, anyway, it's been a great invention. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but that's that's about it. Yeah, we're uh, we're kind of uh, that's I'm going to watch some ball tonight and uh, they're playing right. We don't have rain again, do we?
1: No, I think they're playing. Yeah, okay. Jason Stark All right, is calling. So in.
2: you were uh, if you were uh, our guy uh, AJ Hinch, you just go right now with everybody. Pitch Cole on short short rest in Game Six if you need him, and uh, then and hope you get it over with by then. Uh, what what are you gonna do? I mean, You're I'm not messing
1: for- I'm not messing around with with anyone other than my best pitchers against that lineup.
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah, bringing out
1: whatever the Astros equivalent of Randy Dobnak is. He's not yeah. starting a game in the next four days. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and
2: on, you know, you could get to a point where on, uh, you know, on uh, the game seven, if they got there, you, you don't have a starter. But, you know, that's, you know, maybe Verlander too and somebody else, you know, Verlander, as far as he can give you on short, short rest, I don't know what it would be. But uh, they should finish him off. I would think this would be a break for them that they don't have to uh, pitch. Uh, I don't know. Who is their fourth? I don't even know. That kid, right? Uh, they got uh, somebody who hasn't been that good. So. Yeah, go for it, Grinky. Boy, you know when you see Grinky now, though, it, it, he's fine. But uh, he, you know, he can't be mentioned in the same breath as those other two guys, no. Verlander and Cole. That's he's, he's trying to slop you, slop you to death right now.
1: I'm trying to find the name of the, the number four starter for the Houston I was looking Astros. Too. Does anyone? They've got Verlander, they Cole,
3: Miley. Miley w- w- was it at one point, right? And then, but oh, he's not God, on a playoff life. roster.
1: Oh, oh, it's Miley's it's, it's Ergudi, right, Jose or uh, Yeah, yeah, that's good. Or yeah, or, good. Or, or, or or, yeah Jose yeah, or yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: but uh, Miley's life is in danger. He's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's just, you know, slot ball and lefties. I've ever since Scott Aldred, I have hated slop ball. And lefties.
5: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it took till Scott Aldred,
2: huh? Scott how many years ago was that? Fifteen. I've hated. Oh him God. Fifteen years. You know, that guy drove me nuts when they pitched him out there. He's throwing slop, and he won't throw it across the plate. Remember him? God, yeah, was that was
1: 20 foot. years ago now. He started slowing he baseball down? Four, and
2: he could hit you right in the forehead not hurt you.
1: Okay, Pat, since <laughs> you brought it up, can you name funny. how many twins? So Scott Aldred made, uh, wow, oh my God. Scott Aldred had a 7.68 ERA for the Twins <laughs> oh, in 1997.
3: He was 2-10, 7.68? Wow. Oh, he, he,
2: made, he made over 20 starts, didn't he?
1: He made 17 appearances in 1997. Oh. He made 25 appearances in 1996. Yeah,
2: uh, he, that was, I guess, 96. He drove me nuts. He had to be over five then, right? Okay, the Twins.
1: <laughs> yes. At, okay, the Twins. This is amazing. The Twins ran out in 1996. The Twins. Uh, th- and that was a year in which uh, they scored. I think it was oh, an that, all-time that franchise. Was high of, uh, runs, uh, I- that was the year of Knobloch and Molitor. And they,
2: didn't they have this? Run scoring record till these guys kill yeah.
1: art. But they, they but did. they ran out eighteen pitchers that year and basically all of them had five or nine ERAs. How <laughs> well, many how terrible. many of those eighteen pitchers from nineteen ninety six, those crappy pitchers, can you name? Go.
7: Oh
2: man, I can't I, who was the eighth. <laughs> he doesn't want to, Phil. Brad Rackie was <laughs> the, the man's A's. birthday. Was it Frankie Rodriguez? Was he there? Was he pitching? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not.
7: Give the
2: was later, right? He was terrible. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm not real good at uh, at remembering bad teams. You know. Scott Klingenbeck and, 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 for uh, cup give...
4: five points. Oh, Klingy. Yes. Oh, old Klingy.
2: Oh, Klingy. yeah, that's right. T.K.
4: loved him.
1: How about no. Dan, how about how about Dan Nolte, Jose Parra, and uh, Travis Miller? Oh, tra- Jose Parra had some starts, right? Yeah, he he pitched in 27
2: oh, games. Oh, man. But, 27 yeah, that's, games? I, just think if that team was playing in this generation. Oh, my God. Every game would be four hours and 20 minutes, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, because nobody switched <laughs> nobody would ever make an out. It would be it would the games were long enough as it was. Can you imagine how long they'd be in this generation? It'd Rich,
1: just be unbelievable. Rich Robertson was the Twins' oh, number yeah. 3 starter. He walked more batters than he struck out in <laughs> but
2: remember, 36 he appearances. He was good for like 6 weeks, right? He started the season and he was Yeah, he had three he shutouts. Dead. He had three shutouts. Yeah, he was good for a while and then they kind of then he became Martin Martin Perez, you know. So yeah, he was yeah, that was some oh that you know, that whole decade was just horrible pitching. That's people try to figure out what happened to the twins after ninety two. Just they had no pitchers.
3: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too hard to figure that out.
2: Hey Rami. Yes, Pat? If you want to uh really uh reinforce your Rob Manford opinion, mm-hmm. Watch on Netflix bio uh, this uh, this kind of humorous documentary oh, screwball. on biogenesis. Uh, it's called Screwball.
4: Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. It's in my queue.
2: Oh, watch it! It's fantastic. <laughs> He's sitting there admitting that they gave one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to these criminals to give them evidence on A Rod, <laughs> and, and then you get to see A Rod just storming out of the meeting with uh, Manfred because they were making these terrible accusations (laughs) against him, which, of course, he basically was the co-sponsor of Biogenesis. You know, he was the guy that got Tony Bosch started, but Tony Bosch is on but the funny thing is, the actors that they use in it to dramatize scenes, they use little kids you know, <laughs> wearing mustaches and stuff like that.
5: <laughs> it's, uh, it,
7: it
2: gets a little long, but it's uh, what a condemnation of. Because uh, Manford, you know, was the enforcement guy then and Bud's right hand man. And, you know, Bud, <laughs> they got some great stuff about Bud. Is it at the All Star? You no, know, the World Series, before the World Series started thanking Maguire and Sosa for what wonderful things they did to save the ball game, you know,
3: in, in uh, was it 98? It was all run 98. 98. 98. Yeah.
2: 98 and they did, yeah.
3: And they did. 98 still. I mean, that's what that, that was the biggest break the baseball got because up until then, people were still ticked off about the uh, lockout.
2: Strike. I was just up there slurping about them, and I was there for it. The, the, yeah. the, the climax, the last couple of days, just sitting there saying, Boy, these guys
3: must work out. Holy cow! McGuire was skinny. How did McGuire's head get so big? It's a testament to his work ethic. <laughs> no, remember we oh, yeah, thought it was know, creatine like at the time. Remember we yeah, were all yeah, like, "Man, I don't know about it.
4: this creatine." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we
2: knew that, but that was just a that was just a little protein powder. Don't worry about it. You
4: know that was.
3: <laughs> Why does Mister Sosa look so weird?
4: <laughs> yeah. Have anybody seen
3: him that. lately? Yes. Has he made any
4: appearances, Rami? Uh, he is uh, very different looking. Yeah, he's well.
2: You know, McGuire now looks like a nice little skinny shooting forward. You know,
4: so yeah, but Sammy like changed colors. Like he didn't. <laughs> he didn't just get smaller. He I should, think he had the skin thing where he. Like Michael, not because he
2: wanted to be like Michael Jackson either, right? No, it's just, uh,
4: it's, it's, just it's weird.
2: Oh man, you know what? Is as crazy as this era era is with the ball. You know, and the ball flying out of the park. Steroids did more to the game than this, you know, than, than even this has done because it it was unbelievable the way these guys were hitting home runs. Yeah, wait, I mean, wait. they've hit more now, but it's because they're hitting a the title. It's not because you right. know, they're,
1: they're <laughs> enormous. Yeah. There is a picture, and, by the way, when you Google recent photos of Sammy Sosa. Good. Oh, my God. It's Sammy Sosa dressed up like a cowboy in a red hat. And it's kind of like a prom photo. I don't know if this is his wife or who it is, and she's dressed up as some sort of an old like western barback and uh they're uh, they're taking a photo together with the sunset in the background.
2: Oh my God, hey, I gotta mention this. My friend Mark Gonzalez from the Chicago Tribune who covers the Cubs, and he just sent me a uh, happy thirty fourth birthday. <laughs> <had> <laughs> I had to respond, well, 34, wasn't that happy because I was recently divorced, broke, still drinking, and living in a little apartment above a bakery. So it's not all that. It's not. The memories of 34 aren't all that great, uh, Gonzo. So I'll take this, I guess.
1: Above a bakery? But the there's a Chinese oh. restaurant across the street? Yeah, tell us more about that.
2: No, no, no. That was an upgrade, Phil. That oh. was an upgrade. The, before that, I was out in Prior Lake in some places, you know, as big as the studio you're sitting in. So I had no money, but I still had enough money for
1: alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, Pat, enjoy the rest of your birthday and enjoy spending money on your granddaughters, uh, on your grandkids, I should say, on your birthday. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh, I
2: got to give you one on a granddaughter today. Her mother or her grandmother was kind of giving her a little talk about, you know, you got to be humble, blah, blah, blah. And she said... Uh, you know there'll be there'll be girls, cuter, better looking than you. And she said, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> self all right.
3: Confidence. Is I was going to say Rami. self confidence. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. All right, <laughs> nope. See you. See you, all Pat. right.
1: thank you, Pat. See you, all you. Right. happy birthday,
3: Cousins. Needs exactly that. A no little more self
1: confidence. He does. Yep. All right. Coming up next, a special episode of Mackie and Jeb with Rami. I sat down with Ryan Saunders and we talked for an hour about losing a parent. Flip, in his case, and dealing with grief. Check it out. Give us some feedback on it.
3: What I'm saying is, I was right. I'm still right. (laughs) In the winter, I'll be right.